Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. So I'm going to start this episode with two words, and that's TikTok. So my guest today on TikTok has had over 262,000 likes. He's got 77,000 followers, and his biggest video has been watched by 2.6 million. Yeah, million. He's got 2.6 million views on this video. The most impressive thing is he uploaded his first video just over a year ago in April 2021, And alongside running this TikTok channel, he runs a mortgage broker team of eight staff. So we're going to talk about social media and we're going to talk about how he finds time to run the business as well. So if you don't know who I'm talking about, I am talking about Glenn Russell and his handle is Glenn Russell Property. You'll search him on on TikTok. You've probably already seen him on there, to be fair. We're going to talk about everything today of how he's grown his channel and how he runs the business at the same time. So Glenn, thank you very much for coming on. Welcome. Hi, Chris. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. And you were saying this is your first podcast that you've made an appearance on? It is indeed, yes. So uh, apologies uh, if I mess up in any way. I'm learning. <laughs> not not at all. I was going to say thank you. I feel honoured to have you as, as your first uh, your first podcast. So it ends up just being a chat if you've ever listened to any episodes before. But sure. the beginning section, I would like to know a bit about kind of you, who you are and how you've got into the financial services industry. Yeah, sure. So um, obviously I'm Glenn Russell. Um, I recently turned 40 on the 6th of June. Um, So I feel quite old, especially when you start talking about um, platforms like TikTok, but I'll cover that off later. Um, So yeah, I mean, I've been in financial services for 20 years. Um, Started working for Lloyds Bank uh, in the evenings in the fraud department. And that was my first thing really for when I um, sort of like touched on the financial services Um, the reason for that is it was purely sort of luck really one of my close friends said there's a job going at Lloyd's Bank in the evenings Um, I'm going to do it do you fancy doing it it's good money so I was like yeah okay had no real major interest in finance to start with Mm -hmm. wasn't really sure what I wanted to do Um, and yes so I'd done that for for about a year and then stepped up to a full-time job this was in uh, addition when I was doing the evening work at Lloyd's I was um, studying as well a university course and uh, but still wasn't really sure what I wanted to do Um, an opportunity came up for a building society that's not no longer around called Bristol and West as a a cashier position that was full-time so I, I went for that and uh, built my way up really I then within that uh, building society become a savings and investments advisor and um, yeah really really enjoyed that and then there was an amalgamation of uh, from Britannia Building Society and Co-op Bank through the through the years where they merged and those positions come up for management um, and that's when I went down the management role so um, I was a bank manager for for that period of time for eight years and um, moved from the co-op bank to Metro Bank, uh, worked there for just under two years, 
and um, yeah, managed a, a team of in total of 35 staff. And uh, yeah, and then took a huge career change, wanted a, a greater work-life balance. I'd never done a mortgage in my life. I'd managed people, spoke about savings and investments, but um, saw the opportunity to have a, a better work-life balance. And um, yeah, so I'd done my mortgage qualifications whilst I was still at the bank, but in the evening. So I used to do my full-time job, then go home in the evening and study, uh, qualified. And um, yeah, it was a huge, huge risk because uh, obviously I left a fairly well-paid, sturdy mm -hmm. job in the bank to uh, venture out to be a, um, a mortgage broker with never doing a mortgage, physical mortgage in my life, having a mortgage, but not actually doing a mortgage for, for someone else and um, didn't have any customers. So uh, it was a, yeah, it, was a yeah it, it really was. And it's a story that I've told my team. They're probably bored of hearing it. Um, but it, it literally was my wife worked and she shut the door when she went to work and she went, good luck. And we had our little family um, desk, a family laptop, my mobile phone and a makeshift business car that I hadn't really made a decision on the final print. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and, and that was it. So the the next stage was to how I was going to find leads for my business. And, and how many years ago did you make the leap to be a mortgage advisor? Uh, January 2015. So two years. Is, yeah, is when I started. Um, so just over seven years. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just one of them things where I, I knew what the end goal was. It was never, ever going to be um, bigger than me. I especially didn't think it would be a team of eight. That's, that was going to be my next question. Did you ever envisage sat in that, wherever your desk was, sat in there thinking, right, one day I'm going to have a, a, a large team of people? Not at all, no. <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, it was purely to get a better work-life balance and to earn a decent amount of money to be able to contribute to our lifestyle um, and to start a family and have flexibility. That was, that was purely the goal. Um, and even in the name of, of my business, Russell Financial Solutions. So obviously it's got my surname in the title, but it doesn't mention anything about mortgages. Um, and the reason for that is because it was, it was an, a name for the business because it was just a name for the actual business at the time. It was never going to be bigger than me. So, right, you know, in, in hindsight, I maybe would have called it something mortgages if it was going to be something that was going to be bigger than just me. But um, it, it felt that because it started well and the name seemed to catch, especially in the local area, did it? Um, I stuck. I just stuck with it. And I'm pleased I did, really. It's got, got your name on it, your name above the door, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And But the thing is, you know, I'm sure we'll speak about it later, but it's, it's so much more than that. You know, the team are really like a family, and I think that's the key thing to how it's organically grown. Mm -hmm. um, Be before and we started the, po the podcast, we were having a little chat about your team and how busy you are at the moment. And, and it was great for you to, you were talking about a couple of brokers that you have worked for you and, you have conversations about 
about how the business is going. You have conversations about how busy they are, what their workload is. And you can really tell that you're not just, that those members of staff aren't just a, a somebody on the payroll. They're somebody that you speak to on a daily basis that you help. And it's nice to see that in a company, especially when you're from quite a corporate banking background. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully that's how they feel. And at the end of the day, it's people's lives. People have got mortgages, families. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know at first hand, and probably because coming from the corporate, um, how restricted it can be mm-hmm. um, and how, you know, you can have your hands tied in, in various ways, things that you can't do when you know that's the right thing to do and a lot of red tape. And I'm sure a lot of people in many industries probably hear and feel that. Um, and uh, fortunate enough, you know, being able to run the business, it allows me the flexibility to, if something's not working, to change it straight away. If, yeah, if, you can. Uh, yeah. yeah, and if, uh, if a staff member's not happy, why not? What can we do together to, to make them feel better? And sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. Um, but it's being able to have that autonomy basically to to make those decisions which i think is is really important and i know a lot of people that listening to this will be in a very similar position to you either now or maybe the version of you two years ago where you decided to step away from giving mortgage advice didn't you because you felt the business was at a size where you had all these plates you had to spin alongside giving mortgage advice what the first question is what made you step back from being a mortgage advisor um and and then two what does your day-to-day look like at the minute managing the business rather than giving mortgage advice well on on that note no i still actually do the job oh you still do Um, it right yeah yeah i do at the moment um but my the the what i'm looking to do is to step back so This is, this is the key thing for, for me is to now put the, the next steps in place, which we have um, at the moment, t- for me to be able to have, uh, really be able to chunk my time better. Because the key thing for me and all the way through the team is very much the customer the service. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know we hear that a lot, but it really is because I know how hard it was for me to get my first customer from nothing. And that's one thing that I really, really wanted to make sure that from this point onwards, I didn't want to um, lose sight of that and take them for granted. Now, with that side of it, obviously, as the business organically grows, the team's grown, which has allowed us to keep up that service level. Um, but like I mentioned to yourself I've, uh, previously, you know, I've not taken any clients on new clients. Sorry, that's what you'd said. Yeah, opposed to stepping yeah. back, you, you haven't taken, but you'll look after kind of remos and, and regulars that you've looked after. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got my own client portfolio, which I look after, remortgages. And, you know, if they move house and things like that, I'll still do that for them. Um, and also it's important for me to keep my hand in because we're FCA regulated. So I need to make sure that, you know, I, I do so many cases every every year, um, but it's now getting to the point where I want to be able to step back from doing the day to day, still look after some of my clients um, and then share that out with with the team and, and grow the business further. And how how hard is it to give up the reins? Very, because I know how. Um, it's you know how hard it is to grow the business Mm -hmm. so to build those relationships 
um, and then pass them over. But in a way, it's that they wouldn't be passed over to just anybody. Yeah. Um, they're passed over to someone in my team who, you know, are good. It's not like I'm disappearing. They can, mm-hmm. the clients can still pick up the phone to me, speak to me, WhatsApp me, you know, anytime. And I think that's one of the key things is that, you know, I get messages on a Sunday evening from questions from clients and I've got no problem with answering it if I can, um, because at the end of the day, if I can do it, why wouldn't I? Exactly. And, um, yeah, so it, it, even though the the fundamental side of processing the mortgage and stuff like that is um, is going to change, mm-hmm. um, it, I'm still very much a big part of the business. And this is where, and this is the next section that we're going to get onto talking about TikTok. Your face is still very much the business on TikTok. So, like you say, it's it's very hard for you to step away, but you're using your face to push the business, aren't you? Before. Yeah. Before we get onto the TikTok, because that's the main thing that I know everybody's going to be chomping at the bit to listen to. Yeah. Did you try any other platforms and social media before you went to TikTok and how successful were they? Yes, I did. Yeah. So um, in 2020, obviously the height of the the pandemic, um, I wanted to reach out to an audience where we obviously weren't being able to do a lot of face-to-face. It was quite hard. I wasn't doing a lot on social media. I never really had um apart from my own personal stuff um so i tried youtube and i'm not the most techie person um you know it's it was a real learning curve for me and i tried um youtube which we had a you know a small amount of success but it would take a long time to edit videos sometimes two three hours um i had to learn how to do it the software to do it the equipment and um, and then you'd post it and you may get four views and it was soul destroying for me because yeah and also it was time away from my family it's time away from doing things that I wanted to do um and I enjoyed learning it but it just it I was documenting my property investment journey um also the business hints and tips with mortgages but the difference is the algorithm is totally different um with YouTube to TikTok it's Mm -hmm. a lot harder it's a lot of it's based around subscribers Um, but people need to physically search for it. And the mortgage and property industry is very, very swamped on YouTube. I found anyway, there's some people that have had some great success from it, which is good. Um, But it just wasn't for me, which gave me a doubt that it may be my content. Um, But then TikTok changed that because it was the same sort of content, but just in more short form. It's more raw, I find it. Mm. What made you, so you had to go at YouTube. I completely agree with you. I think, there's a place for long form polished content on YouTube. Yes. But I think I personally like to like the raw videos, the short, sharp, punchy ones. Yeah. That's why I don't use YouTube so much, but what made you go to TikTok? What made you do that first video? Um, it was just from uh, people that I'd spoken to and they said, Oh, they're on TikTok. And even some of my team are on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't actually do any content, but they use, you know, they watch the platform. Um, and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to go on it and just have a look and see what it's about. And there was a lot of real factual stuff on there. Mm-hmm. And there's obviously a lot of the, um, like everyone says, there's a lot of the dancing and the, the silly videos and stuff, which is, which is great and very lighthearted. But there is also some really good little nuggets of information in all different 
industries. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, if I can tap into that and try and make it a little bit of fun. Um, and the problem is, as everyone's probably aware, there's, there is sometimes the real negative side of the, the social media. If you put your face out there, you know, you're going to get people that are going to take a, a shot sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, well, if I try and dilute that as much as I can and sort of take the mickey out of myself and don't take myself too seriously, then that hopefully will alleviate anyone yeah. going down that route. And um, yeah, it, I mean, you still get it. You still get still the get comments that. and bits and pieces. Yeah. And, you know, as they call them, the trolls and stuff. But it's, I think it's just part and parcel of it now, to be honest. Um, and the way I look at it is that, well, it's actually triggered them to engage on the video. So I must have done something right. So um, how do you, because we were talking about this before the podcast, that any comment, yeah. negative like we're not for negative comments but it counts as an engagement it's as simple as that doesn't it so it does yeah. help your algorithm can you talk us through because i know everybody will be on the want to know here you, you've got a video that's had 2.6 million views yeah that's an idea that's come from somewhere so where do you get your ideas for tiktok videos because that's what mortgage brokers are crying out for everyday life um conversations that i have with family conversations that i have with next door neighbors uh, any anywhere um videos and little nuggets of information i might see on another video which i think actually i could probably use that sound and i could tailor it into my industry so it might be something which is totally irrelevant to um my content but i'll see it on tiktok and think well actually you know like one of my characters has got the aviator ray-ban shades on so talk to um, sorry about characters who who are who are your characters and what are they on tiktok so in general anything to do with mortgages you find that you know you're going to be speaking to a mortgage broker and it can unfortunately be a little bit of a dry subject mm-hmm. so it was tried to engage that and one of my biggest um content ideas is the customer so mm-hmm. it's questions I get from my customers and new customers and emails and inquiries. And, you know, as great as they are or ludicrous the questions are, I try and then flip them into the cap, doing it in two ways. So I'm the mortgage broker as me. And then it's myself again, but just with a shape, with a pair of shades on or a scarf or a jacket. And that is the client. So the client will be asking the question or trying to do something um, to get a mortgage or asking, you know, a certain scenario. And then I will be the mortgage broker that's actually going to try and educate them in the right way of doing it. And by doing it that way, there's two people in the conversation, even though it is me and it takes a lot of time getting changed and putting a scarf around my neck and all the editing. Um, But it's, less of a boring video than me just looking at a screen and telling someone um information what, what that information is yeah because it, yeah. it that's what they say on tiktok you want short sharp bursts of video so it keeps you yeah it keeps you entertained doesn't it, it makes you want to watch on when you're yeah. creating a video you touched on it then about how long it takes but if you were to make a 60 second tiktok what is the step-by-step process that you do from planning the idea all the way through to when that video goes live? Well, I try and do 15 second clip. Okay. Be- because 
Um, I think the average, and you probably know this better than me, but I think the average engagement of someone is about four seconds for when they look at a video. Um, and if they're not engaged within that first four to eight seconds, I think it might be, they, they'll swipe. And TikTok is very swipeable. So you need to really grab them straight away. So I try and keep it to 15 seconds. And the way the TikTok algorithm works, from my understanding, is the shorter video has to be watched 100%. And if that video is watched, then uh, they, they push the video out to, say, 100 people in the first hour. And if, 100, if all of them people watch that whole video within that hour, then TikTok says, okay, well, you know, that's obviously quite good content. So then they put it out to 1,000 people. And then if, say, 90%, these, these figures may, be not, may not be accurate, but to give you an idea, say 90% of them 1,000 people watch that video, 100% of it, then they go, okay, yeah, still, still getting interest. So they put it out to 10,000 people and then to 50 and then to 100. And if it's still being watched for all the way through, then they can see that. As, and then that's when they really push the algorithm. Mm -hmm. I could have two followers and have a million views on one video. That's so, the joy of TikTok, isn't it? That you don't have yeah. to have an audience for people to see your content. And this is exactly what's happened on the 2.6 million one, isn't it? <clears throat> because yeah. you've got, what, 77,000 followers at the moment as we speak in June. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but that video has been viewed 2.5 million times. What mm. is the topic of that video? Um, how to use um, the bank's cash, basically, to buy multiple properties. Mm -hmm. um, and all that is, is the, the key thing that I've done there is to use um, a hook in the title for people to stop and go, oh, what does that do? Um, and it's basically how to refinance a buy-to-let property that you've purchased get the same money out of that you've originally invested and then keep that property, but then buy another property. And what I've done is I actually broke it down on a pad. Um, and the, I come up with the idea. I was actually sitting on hold on the other phone to a mortgage lender um, at the time. And I thought, right, well, how can I utilize my time rather than sitting here? That's so I wrote down a scenario on the pad. And, um, and then after I got off the call, I had content sitting in front of me. So then I... Uh, so that TikTok was created whilst you were on... The content of the TikTok was created whilst you were on hold to a lender. And I think yeah. every mortgage broker out there at the minute has been on to a lender at least for at least half an hour today. Yeah, yeah. You know, that that's crazy that your most viral video is one that you just doodled whilst you were on hold to someone. That's the joy of TikTok. And you talking about people watching 100% of the video... The reason I wanted you to tell what that content was about was because you have to watch it to the end to see how the whole thing works. You can't take yeah. all the information in the first five seconds. You have to that's watch right. the whole video, and that's why it got. And it's a hook, isn't it? It's, it's mundane to you, that is, because you've done that a few times. You've seen people do that a few times. But to Joe Public, it's very interesting. Yeah, and that's the thing. And I think it, feedback, um, I'm, I, ironically, I even got stopped in my local town the other day by someone because they said, oh, I saw your video. <laughs> um, and uh, they were questioning me about buy-to-lets and areas to invest into. And I said, I said oh, thanks very much. I really, really appreciate you stopping 
and saying you enjoy the content. And they said, I really like how you break it right down to make it understandable on your notepads. Oh, so okay. obviously one that they'd picked up. Um, and to be honest, I, I'm very much like that as well. You know, I, I like things to be broken down really simple mm-hmm. um, and to, you know, to, to be made so they can be understood by everyone. So make it as simple as possible. I talk about on this podcast, I talk a lot about how what you as mortgage brokers find mundane, Joe Public will find very interesting, like that that refurbish scheme, or there might be a very, like you did a video with a well-known property investor and you just, just it's called a duet on TikTok and it was just your face, wasn't it? You didn't really yeah. say much, but yeah. you almost used a facial expression. What I'm trying to get across here is TikTok is not just, a platform for you to do silly dances on that's right absolutely and if anyone says that to you um then you know just just ignore them because the, the key thing is a lot of people said to me tiktok isn't that just dancing and teenagers um and that was my first impression i wish i hadn't have listened to people um at the start because mm-hmm. when you actually go on there and you start looking at uh, all the content that people put on there and the helpful hints and tips in loads of different categories. Just ignore, you know, look at yourself basically and see how you, yeah, definitely. And and don't listen to, I mean, my advice would be, you're going to get a lot of people that say it's not going to work or why do you do that? Or, oh, aren't you embarrassed having your face out, you know, and everyone knowing what you're doing, yada, yada, yada. And I just think, well, actually it's no worse than you sitting there having, a quiet diary hoping that someone's going to ring your phone when there's hundreds of other mortgage brokers out there. Um, and, and, and if you can put your face out there and, you know, and you're getting publicity and it's promoting your brand. And if you're doing a good job anyway, it's just going to tell more people how good you are doing that job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that there's no real negative to that. So, it's all about getting your face out there. It's all about going out consistently. How often do you post? Uh, I would say I would like to definitely do it more, hence me restructuring how my day-to-day is going to be running. Again, I've only been doing this for just over a year on TikTok, so I'm still very much in the learning curve as well. But I post around, normally Tuesday is my main day. That's my allocated sort of social media day. Okay. And what I try and do as well is record a lot and put it in the draft section on TikTok. So you can record stuff, but then just not post it all at the same time. You can post it alternate days um, and you can save it on the on the platform, which is really I found helpful. that really useful to be able to create them and save them because the, the problem I find with, with posting, I schedule a lot of my stuff, is having the time to do it. So if you yeah. can sit there on a Tuesday and create your week's worth of content, but save it in drafts, you're onto a winner, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What do you what do you use to record the videos? How do you create them? It's just my phone. So it was my phone and my AirPods because okay. when I started out, I thought, well, I'm just going to give it a go as it is. Mm. Um, luck, you know, the AirPods have got good sound as well. Um, but then I found where the algorithm with TikTok as well prefers you to have good sound, good visual ah, right. graphics. Okay. So that all helps. And this is all research that I've done myself, um, just looking into how can you pick up on the algorithm, how what do people engage with, 
a lot of people engage with good sound, you know, different graphics to use. Don't just sit in one spot and, um, but also have consistency of a color theme. So for instance, you may see my background here. People were watching on the video, the blue background in my office. This is my home office. I'm not in my work office today. This is where I do my recording. Um, and I generally try and wear sort of white, blue or black because that is the branding of my company. Mm -hmm. But I don't mention my company really in any of my videos. So um, I try and link it all in so people can visually sort of relate to them, those color schemes, but I don't actually tell them why. <laughs> so it's just they make it out themselves. Very clever, because that's a big thing that we talk to people about. We, and you'll get this straight away. If you see somebody walking down the street with an orange carrier bag, you'll know it's Sainsbury's. You don't even have yeah. to look at the logo. That's what we talk to with people with their static visual posts that use the same colors, use the same font, use the same message. You're just cl very cleverly doing that in video format. You're just changing your clothes to fit your brand. Yeah, absolutely. And there's little things as well, points of interest. Um, so for instance, again, in this video, I've got a, a plant behind me. Mm -hmm. So that breaks up the video slightly. That drew, um, the, drew my eye straight away. As soon as, as soon as you turned that camera on earlier, the eye went straight to the green plant. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like the, the printer next to me as well, it shows it's sort of in a, an environment where it's an office-based environment, which, mm -hmm. again, builds trust for someone that, you know, I'm not just sitting on maybe my sofa giving them financial advice. I of that. Yeah. You saying that printer now, I'm looking at that knowing that you're in the office. If that yeah. wasn't there, I'd be thinking, well, where is he? Exactly. And again, I think all these little things are just from doing my own research, from other videos, from other successful um, people. Not, But this isn't just TikTok. This is hints and tips from YouTube when I was doing YouTube. Uh, and I've sort of integrated these things into TikTok. Um, and you can look on my wall on my TikTok channel and you can see that there is a consistent theme. Um, but also going back to the chunk in time of how many times I post on a Tuesday, um, you know, sometimes I'll post five times in that day, but then I might not post for another two or three days. Whereas ideally I'd like to be posting two or three every single day for consistency. Um, but one of the things I found being very busy with my day to day um, with my uh, clients and obviously being a family man as well and running a team and it, you know, you have to get them little pockets of time and you have to utilize them. And that's what I found. So being on hold, walking the dog, you can see some of my videos where I'm literally walking the dog in the morning. I thought of an idea, put my ear pods in, held my phone up. I've got some funny looks from people sitting in traffic um, when I'm walking along, talking to my phone at a weird angle. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it gave me a 15 second video. I edit it while I walk in the dog and um posted it before I got home and what that was my you, pocket what would it, what would you say to people that say they haven't got time to record because you've just given three instances there where you can do is it a confidence issue or, or do you think as humans we look for excuses not to do something that we're not comfortable doing yeah I think definitely it's a confidence thing um I wasn't confident and I still even when I'm walking around doing these videos I'm walking up and down my garden. I think if my neighbours could look out the window and see what I'm doing, they must think I've, I've lost it. You've lost it, yeah. Yeah, um, but I think you just got to look past that and look at the reason why you're doing it. 
and yeah. um it's for your business isn't it yeah and just just do it just do it and try and if and be consistent you know don't put five videos out there and if you don't get many views give up that's that's not the key i mean you look at some of my earlier videos i probably got maybe 50 to 100 views um and, and you kept you know, going yeah, I just kept going. And then one of them got 10,000 views and it wasn't, you know, anything really different to the others, but it just picked up for whatever reason. Um, and what to, sorry, what, sorry to interrupt. What I was going to say is when you say on a Tuesday, you'll post five videos, but then mm-hmm. might not post anything then till the following Tuesday. Do you find that harms your reach or is it, look, I've just got a Tuesday to do it. So I might as well do five and nothing than one and nothing. Yeah, I definitely think I can improve my method um, because I think, again, I try and draft some stuff as well because I don't want to bombard it on a Tuesday and like you say, and then leave it a week. That's why I try and during them um, days in the middle to try and do short bursts of videos for 15 seconds while I'm maybe walking into the office, walking the dog, um, you know, any sort of opportunity, I'll try and do it. Um, sometimes TikTok lives, I've done them. I've done about five of them. So, okay. and what topics uh, you discuss on there, Glenn? I literally just put on there because you have a title and you can just put mortgage Q&A for one hour. And that's what I do. And then I just put my live on. And sometimes I'm sitting here, obviously they can't see the screen or anything, but it's just a camera on me. I might be doing someone's mortgage application or, but they're just looking at my face or, you know, and then suddenly someone will go hi and then I'll look and then um, I'll reply to the questions. And before you know it, you can have 200 people in your room all talking to each other and asking you questions. And I'm just getting on with my evening in the office. Catching up from, yeah. And then they're asking me questions and that builds the following people share the live um, is it that you yeah. can only do that after 10,000 followers, though? Yeah, I mean, I don't know the exact numbers. I think it, it may be 10,000. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, if you can get to that point, then, yeah, absolutely mm. do it. But I, sh- I should be doing it more. But, mm-hmm. again, it's just factoring it into your, to your life. I've got two young children, um, so my evenings are quite precious for me. So my hours during a, like a, a lot of people, you know, your evenings for, for whatever you're doing, your hobbies, et cetera. It's about chunking time and making sure that you don't, like you said earlier, sort of find excuses not to do it because every time you don't do it, it pushes you further and further back. And you always find that time to do it, but you've had to also find time as well as create the video to then engage with people because yeah. a lot of people think and I've heard people talk, thinking TikTok's the answer. If I can upload decent videos to TikTok, I'll go viral and I'll have a great business. But it's not just that, is it? It's sitting there and replying to people and engaging, isn't it? Yeah, and, and absolutely. It's so different as well because, I mean, my Instagram off the back of TikTok has, has increased. But yeah. it's strange. You know, my Instagram is probably just under 1,300 followers. Mm-hmm. But my TikTok is 77,000. Wow. which doesn't make doesn't make sense yeah um but people ask me questions through tiktok and instagram so they won't follow my instagram but they will ask me a question okay. through it um so it, it sort of filters through to all different platforms but again i just make sure i reply so it might well be that you know 15 minutes before i go to bed i'll just look at all of the ones that i've 
had through for that day and I'll reply mm-hmm. at least one re- response um, and then just do that again chunking the time maybe if I'm sitting having a bite to eat the following day well I can look at my questions that I've had um, you know there's link tree where we can you know they can come straight through and ask a question to see my website um they can email me which i then filtered the leads to the team so they can manage it and again it's all again it's a learning curve for me still like uh, like i mentioned but um i think if you get the right level and mm-hmm. the right flow of leads and inquiries and the the videos like the the content that you're putting out there i think you can quickly get a grasp of what's working and what's not working how in terms of a percentage or how many leads do you get through TikTok? Um, it, it depends again on the back of a video. So I could put three videos out there and maybe get one or two leads a day. Mm-hmm. Um, the video I put out, which has got 2.6 million views. I mean, I was getting 10 to 15 inquiries a day. Um, now, Obviously, like anything, you're going to get high percentages of them, which are just inquiries that may not be ready or, Mm. you know, just asking a general question. Um, But I've passed many leads that I've got from TikTok over to um, my other brokers within the team. And that's been converted into business, which has helped the client and us as a business money Mm -hmm. and filled the diary for my team and that has all come back from you know now that's an existing client as well so that's built that into our portfolio who will tell other people word of mouth so it doesn't stop and And that's all off the back of a video somebody might be like you said off the back of that video it's your face somebody might be hesitant and say yeah but i don't actually give mortgage advice i have a few brokers that i pass them on to it works for you do you know what i mean you're not doing the video and then saying I will definitely look after your mortgage. You're giving them the information, then they get in touch with it and you pass them on to one of your trusted team members. Again, I think that might be a bit of an excuse to say, I don't want to go on video because it's not going to be me looking after them. Well, no, actually, it's you providing the value to start with. Do you know what? I've had more people that have phoned up, gone through the website, and then the calls diverted through to my mobile, for instance, if the team are too busy. And I've answered the phone and they've said, oh, are you, are you the guy on the video? I was like, yeah. And, and they were like, oh, right, okay. And they were a bit sort of taken back because I don't think that they thought anyway that they would be speaking to me. Even though I am a mortgage broker, I still do the day-to-day job. You know, I'm exactly like them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you're a, so like almost a celebrity and think, oh, he's going to be too big to pick up, answer the phone to me. Well, no, I'm actually involved within the business. Absolutely. And I do exactly the same job as my team, you know, and um, it's, it's one of them things that I think that mindset, going back to what you said that, oh, well, I don't do the advising. Um, so, you know, they, they may not be interested in, in speaking to me. Well, actually, they, uh, most of the people that I've spoken to don't expect to speak to me anyway. They're, they're more engaged in what we can offer them as a business rather than them me actually physically doing it for them yeah um so yeah we've not actually had that really come up as an issue if anyone is worried about that who's listening that's not been an issue for us awesome i could go on about this for ages but i'm just very <laughs> wary that we've had half an hour chat about tiktok so <laughs> that's right. i hope there's lots of stuff in there that people have taken 
it's not having the fear, just go and do it. You've got a camera on your phone, go and do it. You're walking in the park, you're walking in the back garden. Get Just to summarise, get your ideas from family, from friends, from people asking questions on social media. Talk about the mundane. Might be mundane to you, but it'd be really interesting to somebody else. That's a big thing for me. But I'm sure I'm sure there's loads of people that are going to rewind this and go right and write everything down that Glenn said about TikTok. And I'm not I'm not putting down what Glenn's done on TikTok, but all Glenn did last year was upload a video. The difference is he saw it through for 507 videos. I think you've done now. Yeah, you've seen it through to 507. Now you're seeing the re rewards of it, aren't you? A year Absolutely. later, 500 videos. It's it's quick TikTok's fantastic, but it's not a quick fix, is it? I think you'll agree with that, Glenn. Yeah, you've just got to be consistent. You, mm-hmm. you and you know, and keep trying different things, different content. Um, and what and also try and have fun with it. I actually enjoy doing the videos because some of them I even chuckle. I'm sitting in the office on my own recording it and I'm sitting there laughing, and I just think, oh, you know, what is going on? But and how many stupid um, dances have you done out of all of them? Oh, plenty, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just getting involved yeah. right so we're going to move on to the strategy question of the podcast so okay. we're going to pretend that you've moved to the north of scotland you've got a laptop a mobile phone and an internet connection what would you do to start generating mortgage business it's a boring answer but i would do exactly what i did in 2015 because that's all i had um and what was what were the steps you exactly did in 2015 from that time i i looked at the people in my local area that was doing the job that I wanted to do Mm -hmm. Um, as in a mortgage broker. I was looking at the things that they were offering and what they weren't offering and what I could improve on and what I couldn't improve on. So my strengths and weaknesses. And then I, I mean, obviously I wouldn't be able to do that, but I walked up and down the high street. I was suited and booted, went into accountants went into estate agents, went into um, solicitors, and I just grafted to really try and put my name out there. Got a lot of no's, um, a lot of closed doors. But there was a couple that did open the door and said, okay, we'll we'll give you a go. But that was after many weeks of me ringing even the same companies sometimes, becoming a bit of a nuisance. Mm. And it's just persistence. The one thing I would say is just be really persistent with what you're trying to achieve and don't give up um, because, you know, I, I really did just start with a phone, a laptop and Wi-Fi and I searched on Google. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what I did. Um, and I searched on Google, the estate agents, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, but the big thing is now from 2015 to today, social media is such a massive thing. And, you know, I would say probably apart from word of mouth, which is a huge thing for us, um, I would say between, yeah, 60 to 75% of our business leads now are through social media. You, and I was talking about to Hannah, who's on the podcast episode before this one, even the 25% of word of mouth there have probably come across you. There's a good chance half of them have come across your social media channel. So even though 25% have become word of mouth, half of them have actually come through social media just in a roundabout way. Yeah, exactly. And one of the big things I would say to people listening, if they're thinking of trying this route is 
don't be disheartened if you put a video on any platform and there's not many likes and not much engagement because so many people that will message you privately won't like your videos, won't share your videos and won't interact with your videos, but they'll probably end up as a client. And I've had, I've had that firsthand. I've had people phone me, message me, email me, say, oh, I love all your content. I love the stuff that you put on there. And I feel that I want to go, well, why don't you like it then? <laughs> because sometimes uh, they don't want to show that they're getting a mortgage, exactly. do they? Or drop exactly. a comment. They might be going through a divorce or they're looking at buying somewhere and their parents don't approve. Do you know what I mean? It's that type of stuff that is Absolutely. Important. Yeah. And I think that you, you hit the nail on the head, really. That is, you just don't know people's circumstances. They may want to. They may want to engage in it, but they can't. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say that people aren't watching everything that you're putting on and that they're not enjoying what you're putting on as well. So, um, yeah, just just keep doing it. You'll, you'll be surprised how many people love your content. But don't actually love it on social media. It's like a yeah. flip reverse, isn't it? They love yeah. it in real life, but not on social, which is a nice way to be. Glenn, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, go and rewind this podcast. Go and listen to the last 43 minutes. It's so valuable. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at your office now going, I'm going to get myself a plant, myself <laughs> a printer. <laughs> but it's, that's like you'll see on mine. If, if you're listening to this, you won't see it, but it's a blue wall with a social broker sign. I've yeah. got the branding, but there's nothing else really to draw my eye. There's nothing to keep me entertained because when I'm not looking at you, Glenn, I'm looking at the plant. Do you know what I mean? And it gives you that different depth and it gives you... It's something so simple, yet it's the first thing I picked out when you turned on the camera. Yeah, it's the small things that yeah, really do make a big difference. So. Huge. Right, and as a thank you, I'd like to donate £10 to a charity of your choice. Which charity would you like me to make it to? Uh, the Cancer Research UK, if, if possible. That'd be great. Thank you. Perfect. Glenn, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, go and follow him. What's your handle on TikTok? Glenn Russell Property. So Glenn with one N, Russell Property. I hope you enjoy it. Fantastic. I'm sure your inbox is open on Instagram as well. I'm sure you can connect with him on there and have a chat. And LinkedIn, you're on as well, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Great. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for your time. Cheers. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.